Howdy, 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 y'all. Welcome back to Leesburg Church of Christ podcast, Pursuit of Purpose. I'm here with Kevin Stuckey. Hello. Nelson Combs. Hello. And none other than Cody Jewelerit. Namaste. Ooh. What language is that, Cody? Hindi. Hindi? Mm-hmm. All right. And what country is Hindi based out of? Over there. <laughs> okay. India. Oh, okay. Hey. Hindi is, is Indian. And uh, they have I don't know how many over a thousand different dialects. Hindi is the uh, is the uh, like their main like it's the biggest. It covers the biggest area. You've been there. Yes, I have. We well, yeah we have an expert yes. here today yes. with yes. us. He has, expert. He has planted yes. his feet on their ground. Yeah, <laughs> I have <laughs> multiple times, three times to be exact. Well done, sir. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, and and I am Nate Luke here. Um, so Kevin, we got a. a a topic that we are going to continue from last week. We're yes. going to continue with that today. Yes. Um, we're going to get to some some news first. Um, the past couple of times I've done news, we've done some pretty serious news. So some some more fun news today. Something lighthearted, maybe. Lighthearted. Couple world records have been broken this week, guys. Nice. A dude in Britain popped a wheelie and went 109 miles per hour on that wheelie for like a half mile. Oh, I guess that's a record. My. It's pretty impressive. That is impressive. <laughs> Fast and furious. <laughs> uh, also, another world record. Some Russian dude went underwater and benched a barbell uh, 76 times. I guess it was like 110 pounds. So, I mean, but underwater, like 76 times, that's impressive. But it probably only weighs 10 pounds. I, I gravity science. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. How long yeah. was he under? I it didn't say how long. He just did pumped he it out seventy six times. He did come okay, up. He's alive. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't think he would get the Guinness <laughs> World Record if he died from that. So <laughs> no, I mean, did he do it all in one breath? Because that's more impressive. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's the impressive. He was part. down there. He literally swam down, got the barbell off, pumped it seventy six times, put it back up. Got up for, for some air. That was the world record. Yeah, that's probably more impressive than the weight. Yeah. 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 That's that's super impressive. Uh, but those aren't even the coolest stories. You know what the coolest stories I are? I mean, I'm waited I'm waiting on bated breath right now. Uh comes from Ohio this week. Twinsburg, Ohio. So in Twinsburg, there are two sets of twins. You have uh, a male set of twins and a female set of twins. And one one of the female twins married one of the male twins. The other female twin married the other male twin, and they live in Twinsburg. Okay, and get this, guys. <laughs> Wait for it. Both sets of couples just announced this very week that they are both uh, expecting babies. Twins. 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 Not really sure about that. I, I didn't <laughs> that read that far awesome. into it. That would be awesome. <laughs> the headline sounded somewhere. pretty cool, though. Yes. So yes, that's pretty neato. In Twinsburg, man, they have the Twin Festival there. They do. That's where actually fun fact. That's where they met. I at, saw it on at the, the internet. Twin Festival, and they're from that place. I don't know if they're from Twinsburg originally, but they live in Twinsburg currently. They moved to Twinsburg. So they after met, they married another twin. They met at a Twin Festival <laughs> in right, Twinsburg. And twins in Twinsburg, right. and now they're pregnant with possible twins. Possible. Possibly, <laughs> yeah. Wow, amazing. That's so much. That is that's way better news than hearing about COVID and the election and everything else. So I, I can't disagree with that, Nate. It's pretty great news. I feel. I don't know if I feel smarter now or not. I'm trying to figure it out. You look like you're about to cry, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so happy. I'm just so happy right now. <laughs> Oh, That's great shit. news. Hey, we, we have more people coming to uh, to Earth, and, and hopefully they uh, will be um, raised to glorify God. Yes, so absolutely. Good stuff. Hashtag, so that's it for the news this week. Hashtag twinning. Hashtag twinning, twinning baby. That's right. Yes. Um, had a uh, guest speaker uh, church Sunday, uh, Greg Abbott. Um, preached this week, talked about uh, just unity and love and and how we as Christians uh, are to love regardless and 
how that radical form of love is um, what makes the church such a beautiful thing, that we accept people not based on color or background or finances or anything like that, but we accept and love based on one unifying truth, which is that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of our lives. And, you know, what a great uh, message for this time, a time that, you know, we see a lot of uncertainty when it comes to race issues and always looking for somebody to blame in a lot of different areas. And I just felt like it was um, just a, a well-timed uh, message, and, and Greg did a, a, an amazing job. You can catch that on our Facebook page, uh, the Leesburg Church of Christ Facebook page. That's there. It's also on our website, leesburgcc.com. Um, and you can also go there to find uh, our podcasts along with uh, our SoundCloud account as well. This week, um, we're going to be talking about Ephesians chapter 3. And I, I'm, I'm going to start by reading the entire chapter uh, when we get into the message this week. And we're going to be dealing with, um, I guess it's an interesting little uh, side note that Paul makes as he's kind of going through Ephesians 1, 2, he gets to 3, and he kind of, you know, the title of the sermon will be Paul's detour. He takes a detour and kind of explains some things about why he is specifically going through suffering and how he, as a believer, as a Christian, should handle that. And so we're going to be talking about that this week. So if you get a chance, read Ephesians chapter 3, kind of get ready uh, we got three messages left in this series. Three messages. We'll talk about um, the detour, and then um, Paul has a little prayer for the church after that that we'll we'll finish the series up with. So that is what we're going to do this week. All right, getting into our topic. Last week, of course, dealing with an, a heavy issue like this, kind of define some things, and I kind of circle back to that. Um, Nate, do you still have that definition handy? Or I was we... actually just about to open that back yeah, up. Yeah, grab that, because I, I want to I talk about that again. But um, of, of, of prostitution versus Yeah, we when trafficking. we had talked, it was, it was what is trafficking. That was, we were really trying to define that. And I, I want to, I guess where I want this podcast to go is, you know, we we see this ugly side of sexuality, and, and I, I don't know if you guys think this, and, and please speak to this, you know, but one of the questions I have to ask myself is, what, how do we get to this place? What do you mean by that? Like, how do we, how do we go from maybe... I mean, I mean, think about this, okay? When when I was first through third grade, I didn't even know what sex was. Mm-hmm. First time that I learned about it <laughs> on a school bus ride, mm-hmm. you know, um, it was explained to me. And from then, I've fought, you know, sexual morality since that point. You mm-hmm. know, just how to, how I should view it, you know, I mean... I, all young people, I think, deal with that in some way or another. You know, how do we, how do we define it? How do we, wh- what is right? What is wrong? How do we live within that when we have desires that maybe you know, we're told are wrong? You know, how do we, how do we deal with that? You know, th- that's the innocence of sexuality, right? Mm-hmm. But then there are people that go from that point in their life all the way to the point where they would traffic someone or they would buy sex from someone who is being trafficked or pay someone to have sex with someone who's being trafficked. You know, so the question that comes to mind is, okay, like, how do you, how do you get to that point as a society, as a culture, as a world? And, and if we can't, if we can't explain that, then how do we get to a place where we can stop these types of things from happening. I mean, that that would be the goal. We want a better society. We want a better world. I mean, God tells us that, 
the thing that he wants us to do as his creation is bring order to chaos. Right. And that's what essentially he gave Adam the task to do. Name the animals, order this, you know, use this, this ground, you know, produce for your family, you know, multiply the earth, you know, bring order to chaos. And, and so Ultimately, that that's what we'd like to do in this world as a whole, right? I mean, you think about we got the political stuff going on. That's what they're talking about, right? I mean, whether they're way off base or not, and wherever you stand, you know, in those issues, like the the idea is, how do we make this place better? How do we create a nation that's, you know, people are in better financial situations, people are are protected and safe, people, you know. Um, are comfortable and, and can live productive lives. I mean, that's the goal. Whether that happens or not, I mean, that's The opportunity different. to do that. Yeah, the yeah. opportunity to do it, right? Well, I think just to get back to your initial question, I think the basis general answer would be the nature versus nurture topic. Greg kind of mentioned that in his sermon last Sunday. You know, it's um, the acceptance or what somebody is raised up into their environment, um, what they observe is is acceptable in their life uh, based or you know things they've been through with the parent or parents they've been been with their entire life i.e nurture i think that you know when you're exposed to a lot of various things especially in the topic of sex and the morality of sex if there's some type of deviant behavior going on in that household, I think that could, there's a probability that that could carry over to somebody as they grow into an adult and you end up doing these types of acts, which is the trafficking or even being the victim in this case, the prostitution. I think that speaks to, you know, a a podcast I was listening to this week, um, where the, they were interviewing a lady who had been, trafficked um she had a pimp you know all that was going on she was being sold the money was going through him and they and they talked to her about this and and you know that was the thing she brought up she said hey listen I didn't know it was wrong mm-hmm. you know I was young I was little I didn't know this was wrong mm-hmm. someone finally had to tell me right. did another interview with some other guys and they're like you know they're saying yeah trafficked for this and having somebody have sex so that you can live your life so you can feed yourself. And and they're like, that's wrong. I mean, even as an adult, they didn't know, you know, Mm -hmm. that that was wrong. And the comment she made is exactly what you said. They said, you know, do you, do you think this would have been different if you weren't in, you know, a home if you were in a home with, with parents and, you know, this and that, because they were in an orphanage or something like that, you know, it was right. state, the state was overseeing them. And she said, yeah, if I had a family that loved me, parents that cared about me, and I knew what love was, and that these things were morally wrong, mm-hmm. then yeah, I probably wouldn't have gotten into that. And, and so that does speak volumes to this issue. Absolutely. I think that speaks volumes with a lot of the deviant behaviors in our society. I'm not saying every person who commits some type of deviant act in our society has had a horrible life because I know people personally that had a good life, but they're struggling with committing crimes. But the majority is, you know, the ones that are exposed to orphanage orphanage, um, or exposed to some type of life that you or I didn't get to have an opportunity or you and I had, um, you know, so they have no guidance and that's that nature and nurture and that constant, uh, topic. Well, and it's like you said last week, you were talking about the chances of one of our children just walking down the street and being thrown into a van and shipped off. Like, you know, we see sometimes those extreme cases Yeah, that, that doesn't happen very often. It doesn't. No. I mean, not saying that it could, not saying that we shouldn't be, you know, we shouldn't, you know, be aware that those things do exist. Sure, sure. But at the end of the day, like, it is more likely that people that do not have parents 
or someone watching out for them or someone who loves them, who is raising them to know what is right and wrong in a, in a way that, that they grow up healthy, they grow up loved, that they grow up knowing what love is, they can't be tricked as easily into, you know, a life like that. Yeah. I have a, a perfect little quick story on something like this is I, I was working the street before I became a detective. This is back when I was a real cop. I know you guys love when I say that. Uh, <laughs> Your words, not ours. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I seen one of the people that I really, really feel connected with. And then they, they have a rap sheet that's 10 pages long. And um, I pulled up beside them. Of course, they see me in this marked car and they kind of get skittish. They didn't know if they had a warrant or if something's going on. And I get out and I just, you know, I simply ask them. I said, hey, man, how you doing? And he, he just stopped and he's just like, man, nobody's asked me how I've been in a long time time i couldn't tell you and he started crying it, it was really impactful for me because i take that for you know advantage my wife will ask you know hey how was your day and sometimes i don't want to answer that but i'm um, you know it's just yeah, like you say we it's something we take for granted yeah and it's just it's it's crazy to think that they don't have somebody who loves them like that you know so and that was one of the other stories that i'd heard you know kind of doing some research was you know a lady you know, in this situation, feeling stuck, feeling like she's in prison, you know, being trafficked. And then someone asks, you know, you know, how are you? You know, as simple as just caring about that person for more than something that I can get from them. Mm -hmm. And too often, I mean, you know, we're, we're headed down a really ugly path as a culture, as a world, because it is becoming more and more selfish. I mean, you know, I deal with I deal with marriage, you know, counseling and things like that all the time. And and the number one thing that you deal with is just the lack of understanding that that hey, listen, like this isn't about you. Mm-hmm. Really, it's serving. You know, I was talking to a, you know a gentleman just the other day, and you know, he was talking about how well his marriage has gone since he'd made some changes and. And the basis for those changes came from the fact that he's actually serving and loving, you know, his spouse for the first time versus, you know, what can I get out of you? Like, how can I be happy? You know, how can I find something that will fulfill me, that will make me feel like I have purpose in life? You know what I'm saying? I mean, and 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 so when you experience those things, even if you're not a Christian, even if you're not doing it under, you know, a relationship with God and for those reasons, like you still feel the blessing of living the way that God has called us to, to a degree, like not, not as much as you would in relationship with God, but you still feel, you still feel good about yourself. God designed us. He created us that way. Mm -hmm. So when we live in the universe in the way that he created us to, even if we're not living for him, you know, we can still experience some of the joy of that. Um, We get a taste of that. And that's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit even speaks to us and draws us to himself. I don't, Nelson, from the outside, I mean, you got to, you got to listen last week, like what were some of your thoughts as kind of you've maybe tried to break this down and, and really kind of seek your own heart in this? Well, it was really, it's something that I've, I've, I listened to a podcast several months ago that kind of opened my eyes to the situations that are going on. Uh, like, like most people, you, you think it's what you see in the movies, like you all discussed, um, and it's so much more than that. And it's so much more ingrained in the culture and where our culture is headed. Um, and I mean, even I have, I have somebody that I know that their daughter has been in contact with something and somebody in the FBI is now involved in their family's life. And so it's not, you know, in, in their middle-class family, Southern Ohio family, and there's no other indication than, you know, her mom thankfully got onto her phone and found out what was going on. Um, so it's closer to home than I really ever expected. Um, you know, I had a daughter two years ago and that completely changed how you look at the world. Um, 100% you're much more guarded and much more protective. Um, I'm sure you all can experience, you know, voice that. Um, and it was, it was shocking. Really. It was shocking to hear how frequent it happens and in what cultures it happens and in, what even it's a classless crime. Like it happens everywhere. And that was really eye opening to listen about and hear about. And hopefully 
you know, bring it to the light of people so people can really start to talk about it and affect change in it, which would be the goal, you know. Um, I think a lot of, you know, in my personally, what I feel is um, it's what you bounce your moral the decisions you make are bouncing off what your morals are. And if you don't have a code uh, or, or the Bible or the word or God to look at it and compare what you're doing to that in your head, you think it's okay. And you can justify we've, we've all, you know, we've all done it in certain certain situations where we've talked ourselves into that. We're doing the right thing that we're not doing anything wrong. And then you're convicted later and, you know, in actuality, you're, you know, doing the exact opposite of what you should do. Um, so I think, you know, as a culture, the farther we get from God, the more instances of this, these moral issues are just going to come to the forefront more often. Well, and I, and I, you know, that, that speaks to, you know, maybe kind of the bigger theme of today's topic but I don't think it's, I, you know, if you if you go from, if you're someone who says, okay, like, I don't have standards when it comes to sexuality. Like, even if you, if you say that, do you think you could go from nothing to trafficking a young child? Like, just, okay, that's a good decision. I'm just going to go do that because I can make money. I, I think it's a progressive step. I don't think, you know, I don't think you wake up and this is what you're going to do one day. You know, I, I, I think... You know, it might start with it might start just with watching porn, and that might be the idea that you get like this is this is what it's supposed to be about, and then you might be in a relationship, and then that ends poorly, and then you end up hey you know what you know like I I want to get this for me, and I'm gonna go and I know this is one way to do it, and it might be a subtle way, and then that worked. And then you learn that you can pay for it. And then you learn you can make money off of it. And then you learn how to manipulate the system. And it's progressive. I yeah. don't think I, – I would I would be hard-pressed to see anybody that's in this that that's the first step. You would have to have, like, zero morals. Yeah. yeah. And I would say it probably <laughs> – you know, to say it never happens is, you know, a stretch. But uh, – I, I mean, I would be surprised if, if there was one case of that, you know, where it wasn't that – progression you know it's like and it goes back to what you said cody like you know whether it's something that happened to you that distorted your view of sexuality and then Mm -hmm. that distortion you know you know went into you know looking at things and then maybe looking at things that are illegal to look at but it's still safe to look at them because you're in your home or you're somewhere where you know no one's going to see you and then beginning to act those things out in whatever way that that looks like just like you explained nelson and that 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 slide away from you know what is what is right and good and we know is right and good going back what is that definition again so the the short definition of, of human trafficking is the illegal use of vulnerable people to make a profit. Again, that's just the broad definition of human trafficking. Uh, sex trafficking is obviously uh, the more specific version of, of that, just obviously with sexual acts. Sex trafficking can also include prostitution, but prostitution does not necessarily constitute sex trafficking. The distinction between the two is easily remembered as two versus three. Unlike prostitution, human sex trafficking must involve a third-party beneficiary, meaning that someone besides the person giving the sexual act is involved. So, yeah. You know, and... So, going back to kind of where we started, you know, how, how, do, you, how do you get to this point? And, and I really believe that it comes from a lack of a defined sexual ethic within our culture. What does that mean? Well, I think it means when we live in a culture that is constantly changing and redefining what is okay and what is not, then it will lead to an ethic that, you know, according to some is okay, but according to others is absolutely not okay, right? Right. So, 
if there is no standard by which to set this is okay and this isn't, then what is defining that? You know, for instance, just the the debate in this, there are prostitutes that are going to, you know, speaking to senators and, and others saying, hey, listen, this is what we do for work. We want to do this work. Like, I mean, there are people that want to do prostitution for work. We can make money. We can feed our families. You know, give us a, an avenue to do that. Okay, now we live in a culture where, where this is an illegal act. Prostitution is an illegal act. But yet, why would, why would they think it's okay to try to legalize what they're doing and say, well, if it's not consensual, then it's not okay? Well, it doesn't, because sex is being, has been sold for years and years and years. Pornography is, you know, you, you can say, well, it's not because you have these people, they've agreed to this. But essentially, it's the same thing. It's visually, for others, a act of prostitution. If I'm watching pornography, that is a form, according to scripture, in your mind, right, this is a, a wrong thing. But society says, no, that's okay. It's okay to think about it. This is innocent. It's okay to look at it. This is innocent. Just as long as you don't go out and pay for it. Now, they have a great case to make that if it's consensual, then it's okay. You know, and our culture, really, the state, lawmakers, do not have a right to stand up against that and say, no, it's not, if they're going to allow pornography to continue. And I guarantee you ain't taking that animal down, you know, with the amount of money that's generated in that. Yeah. So, you know, what do you do? Where do you go? Like, does it even surprise us this is where we are? And, like, how far will it go? Because, you know, you and I can say, okay, well, then, you know, when it comes to sexuality, it's okay to look at it. It's okay to film yourself doing it and put that out on the Internet. It's okay to be... To be gay, it's okay, you know, to to do all these things. You know, so then is it okay if you involve animals? <laughs> okay. You know? And if you say no, then why do you say no if, if it's okay to do all these other things? Then for the pedophile who says, well, you know, this is what does it for me. This is what really... You know that I like sexually. Well, right. who 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 can stand up and say, "Well, this is this is not okay, and this is okay." And where are you basing that information off of? Where are you basing your standard off of? I know this seems crazy, but the reality is this is a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. And and the re- and and so many people. I mean, I don't care who you listen to. You know, I don't care if if they are coming from a secular worldview. Then their view is. Well, these things are okay. I'm not going to tell anybody what to do. But then you're turning around and you're telling people what to do if you're saying, no, this part's not okay. So where's the line? Where do we draw the line? I don't think the world knows. No. I think it changes all the time. I think we you know, we saw this a little bit just, just, I mean, it seems like forever ago now, but like even with the definition of marriage, when that came into question and that was changed, Immediately it went to, I mean, almost immediately it went to, I want to marry my dog or a car. And you saw all the crazy stories about it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same idea where it just continuously, it continuously changes where the limit is almost to see what the limit is. So to an, to an, a certain extent though, the law kind of dictates when you mentioned like pedophilia, like it dictates an age, like, there is some type of a compass, more compass with the law in Ohio, at least that any sexual act with this juvenile and younger is violation of law. So you were asking like, where do we stop? You know what I mean? Like that's, but there's also that Avenue that a 16 year old male or female could consent with a 36 year old male or female. And it's okay. You know, that's, Personally, you know, and with my faith, I obviously don't feel like that's right. But again, I I don't know the answer to that. Well, and that's, I don't know and that's where so we, that's the thing. So you know, we live in we live in a culture that's trying to 
deal with this problem, right? And I, I mean, I, I would just be guessing here, and maybe I'm wrong. Somebody, somebody, please enlighten me if you feel otherwise. I would say, by and large, the majority of the people that are trying to deal with this issue are non-Christians, or at least trying to approach it from a secular stance. Because if you bring Christianity into this, then you're gonna have people down your throat. Sure. Because it, you know, from where we are, it is radically conservative. You know, compared to where the world is with, mm-hmm. in, in regard to sexuality. Yeah. You know, and and so then that begs the question. You know, I'm just I'm, this is open forum here. Without the Bible as your moral standard. How do you how do you say this is okay and this isn't? I mean that, that that's my question. You're saying there's no Bible. I'm saying Jesus just take not existent. T- try to look at this from the perspective of someone who is staying away from this as the source of their driving force of morality. And and by this I'm pointing at a at a Bible sitting on, on the desk here. Sure. I mean, I think it would, if you're going to put it that way, I think it would have to be an individual want or need. I mean, you couldn't make an umbrella statement for that. Does that make sense? Like, if you're going to exclude the Bible as the compass that you follow, then essentially you're saying, okay, if if I find it acceptable to be just with an adult because I'm an adult, then that's my personal individual decision. But if this guy over here likes a vampires or something, you know, I don't know, just fill in the blank with whatever. Um, he went with vampires though. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I was, I was, <laughs> I was thinking like carrots or, yeah, like I want to marry a carrot, you know, or like he said, marry your dog. I mean, I don't know. I think that you'd have to say that that's an individual thing. If you're going to exclude that out of, out of the picture. I mean, that's, that's a hard thing to process because that has always been in our life. So to eliminate that and try to come up with something. But again, I mean, think about this. Like this is what the world's doing. So what 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 standard is the world standing on? I would say probably past practice. Okay, but then what was that based off of? Past practice. <laughs> like it just keeps going. Like I mean, you know, Part of that can be inaccurate because my grandma was 16 or 15 when she got married, and and I think that's crazy, yeah. you know? So that that was common back then, and the ages typically have gotten a little older, and now you're seeing 30, mid-30s getting married, you know, now. So, but yeah, I would just say past practice is something that people observe. And again, I think it goes back to the nature versus nurture, what you were brought into as, as something, as a foundation. If you exclude the Bible, you go into the nature versus nurture topic, and if this person was brought into a life where they knew that their parents was 18, 20, 21, and that was an acceptable age, that's probably what they're going to fall into. And regardless if the Bible's there or not, that's what they're going to fall into. And if they were in an abusive relationship, um, talking about their parents, they may become abusive toward their spouse, their future spouse. Or if they were in a drug addict type of uh, family, they may um, become drug drug addicts themselves. I mean, it's. I think it would just go back to what that person has been through to get them to the point of what the question you're asking is, what's acceptable and what's not. I think it would just be a long line of their life put together. This is what they feel is acceptable. And then that's outputted in her life. It, it, and we're seeing, I mean, even with that question, and please speak to this, you, know, you guys, like, it's an erosion of, you know, the standard that that was put in place. You know, it, it begins, if God is creator, if God created Adam and Eve, if God um, is who he says he is, and I think we all can sit here and believe that, then the standard was founded there mm-hmm. and it's been an erosion ever since not that we haven't had times where we've gotten back to that you know but it's been an erosion ever since and we live in a world now that is constantly trying to get god out of everything we want his grimy hands off of us and so again like 
how does a world like that, a culture like that, come up with a way to combat an issue that we would all, I don't, and I would say all people, unless you're the one involved in it, and I, I can't even see if you are the one involved in it, um, that you don't realize that this is wrong to take advantage of someone. I mean, you become numb to that. Anytime you do something that is wrong, you you become more and more numb to it as you live that lifestyle, right? They're they're addicted to the addiction, if that makes sense. Like they're addicted to the process. They're not a addicted to the initial giddy up of sex trafficking. They're addicted to the aftermath of it. That's, that's where it's the difficult part for them to get away from that situation. That's, and that's goes, that goes with a lot of people that do deviant type of things, drugs. Um, you know, that's always a a topic that comes up, but you know, a lot of drug addicts will tell you I'm addicted to the process of being under the influence of drugs. I'm not necessarily addicted to the drug anymore. So I think that's. But again, I mean, I mean, I mean let, let me explain that better because I think I think that speaks to, you know, a a bunch of issues. <clears throat> you know, we're getting ready to go on vacation mm-hmm. here in a Two few weeks. weeks. Yes. Two. And I just got back from that golf trip, mm-hmm. and I was excited up to the point, and not that that wasn't exciting. I mean, it was really fun being there and doing that but there were still times there where I was like you know what you know my wife calls me and says Paul said he misses you and he wants you to come home mm-hmm. you know I don't care how much fun golfing is and a trip you know doing that is like but at the end of the day like I wanted I, I wanted I told I told one of my buddies that was there I said I wish we could like do this and then just go home in the evenings and be with our families you know because I missed that you sure. know and, and the same thing. We're looking forward to this vacation. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. But what we're thinking about leading up to is this idea of this thing that when it becomes a reality is not going to be as good as what is in our minds. It never is. You know, and, and so it's the same thing for drugs. It's the same thing with sex. It's why, it's why if you start with porn... And you do not have, you know, a standard to live by of something that can bring true joy into your life and true happiness into your life, then it will progress down a dark, dark hole that will take you to a place that you never thought that you would go because you're seeking something that you will never get in this thing. And that's that's what that is. Sure. You know, I mean, for someone to say, I want to buy you know, a six-year-old child to perform sexual acts with. I mean, at, you know, that is, in all of our minds, the lowest of the low. Mm-hmm. But there are, the reason it's a problem is because there are people that will pay for it. And the reason there are people that will pay for it is because they've slipped so far from that standard which we should live and because they've never, it's never met the need that they have, that they're trying to fill. It's never met. Um, it's never fulfilled them. It's never done that for them, right? And it's the idea of this thing. And then when they get into, it, I, there's no way they feel good afterwards. There's no way. Yeah, I would. I would relate that jokingly as like when Paige and I go on these diets, and then we want to have this cheat day. Like I'm so excited for this <laughs> cheat day. Like I remember one time we went to uh, Bob Evans, and they have that awesome, amazing strawberry cheesecake. I mean, it is made. Like, you ate the entire pie, didn't you? The idea was yes. <laughs> like I am going to do this, and I took five bites into it, and I it didn't fulfill me. Like it was like I got so excited for nothing. Like I felt like a piece of crap. You know, it's just sorry. It was just something that popped no, in my head. No, I, mean, I think that's a great explanation. Yeah. yeah, I mean that can be more relevant to people who don't traffic people. I guess. Yeah, I will always think about pie when this topic comes up from yeah. now on out from yeah. here on out or you hear about drug addicts they they chase that first high i mean that's they they want to get to it want to get to it and all of a sudden they do it and then it doesn't fulfill them right. you know it's the same thing and that's a common phrase you'll i mean you'll watch on tv these shows that follow drug addicts they talk about it all the time that first initial buzz they got they constantly go after that first one and they, they never can get fulfilled by the next drug they use to the to the point where they got the first time so it's, I think that goes with all these types of addictions and, and acts that we're talking about. 
And it's easy to be numb to that when we're younger, but as we get older, it becomes harder and harder and harder for those things that at one point maybe did bring us some happiness. You know, what, you know, the toys become bigger, you know, the the money that it costs to to do those things become more and then when you get there it's still it just doesn't you're chasing that same high. Mm-hmm. You know, and so uh, again, you know, going back to, you know, this idea what is what where is that ethic where is it set and i i just you know in a world in the world we live in it's set by what we think and not all of us think the same and so it's going to continue to spiral out of control if that standard is not set mm-hmm. where it where it always should have been and that is with scripture and with God as the standard. At the end of the day, you know, it goes back to that story that I talked about, you know, that gentleman and his spouse and him serving her and and why he feels good in that. When when we live by that standard, even if it goes against what we desire, it will always be more fulfilling than if we don't. It's the same thing in marriage. When you get, we've all experienced this, right? Like how we enter into that relationship. We're so selfish, you know. We want all these needs met, and sexual sex is one of those things. We want this need met, okay? And if if I could get this need met, then my life would be good. But what happens? Like that person never stacks up to that image, that thing that we had in our mind, right? Mm-hmm. And then when they don't stack up, like, where do we go from there? You know, and the Bible says, serve. The Bible says, husbands, love your wives, wives, submit. You know, we look at those things and we say, oh, like, you know, for a guy, what does that mean? Well, he says, you know, love like Christ loved. Well, he died. Okay, well, that would be easy to just die, but he didn't just die. He lived for us too. He served you know, he, he, he was disgraced. He went from being in the highest position that the universe offers to the lowest position, mm-hmm. you know, and, and did it to serve and to love. And, and this is how we're to love our wives. And then wives submit, you know, and, and, and that's a dirty word, right? And and what mm-hmm. does that mean? You know, it's, it's a, it's a respect thing. It's a, it, it, it's a looking at this position and saying, you know what, even though I don't like everything you do, like I still respect you because of who you are and who you were creating the image of, right? It's going beyond, you know, the, the, the normal that we would go. And, and as hard as that is, like all of us can attest that when we do those things, when we serve and we love, like that's better than sex mm-hmm. and marriage. Like when we're serving and loving one another, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and yet, we still <laughs> have this, you know, desire to to live selfishly. Um, but when it comes to sex and the sacrifice that we make, going against the desires, when we live rightfully in that, when we live right in that, you know, it will bring happiness. Even in celibacy, like we can find joy. I mean, that's what Paul talks about. You know, hey, listen, I, I made the sacrifice and it, it was a sacrifice for him. You know, he's a man, <laughs> you know, it was a sacrifice for him. But in doing that, like he found true purpose in his life beyond anything that he could. He, he, he looked at it not as something that I'm doing, you know, because I want to make it, but rather I'm doing this because I love God and I want to show that in action. I don't know. Thoughts on this, guys? I'm doing a lot of talking here. <clears throat> Going back to your, you know, the thought on marriage and serving, uh, I remember when in our premarital counseling, um, <clears throat> it was, t- I talked, I can't remember if it was Keller or Chapman, the book I read, I can't remember, but it spoke to like, if you both try to outserve each other, like how, what a blessing that'll be. Oh my. Uh, and I, and, and I, I just couldn't get away from that. Um, and I just, you know, hopefully like we can implement that in our daily life. And then even if we do it for the other people in our community, if we just serve people, 
I mean, I don't, I, I'm going off topic, but, <laughs> um, that was just kind of what was laying on my heart about how beautiful that relationship can be. If it's just an act of service instead of trying to get what you need out of it, um, and just trying to fulfill th- what they need, you know, any, any other thoughts there, Nate? Have you have you guys and your wives ever done the love language book together? <laughs> Not together, but I've I've read I've it. read it. Yeah. yeah, have you? Yeah. So it's always kind of funny between my wife and I. I don't know. We we kind of studied it and read it together a couple years ago, and it's I mean it's kind of geared towards a Christian marriage, um, but kind of not in some ways. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but. But basically, my love language was physical touch. Like, I, I want her to, you know, just hug me, love on me, hold my hand, you know. not It doesn't have to be a sexual way, right? So that that was kind of my thing. Her thing was words of affirmation, right? And I'm not good with my words, right? I, I, I suck at saying uh, nice things and, and just knowing when to say those things to my wife. Um, but I think it goes back to like to what you said, Nelson, we have to literally put ourselves in the shoes of our spouse and, and really know, you know, what is it that your need is and what, how can I fulfill that? When can I fulfill that? And vice versa. Right. And I think, I mean, needless to say, obviously that I think is one of the foundational aspects of a marriage, Right. you know? knowing what your partner wants, what their needs are. Um, and, and I think that's a healthy marriage. And I think, I think that's really, you know, the way that we can honor God through our marriage is kind of knowing those things that help our partner, um, you know, feel the way that they do, which we want our partner to be happy. Uh, we want them to feel loved. And I, I think, you know, I, I look at, like I'm a teacher, so I see a lot of students growing up and they don't have uh, siblings who, who really relate to them. You know, they might have a sibling who lives out in California. That sibling doesn't, you know, they're not around enough to love them. They, their dad might be gone. They're living with their grandparents. Um, they may live, you know, paycheck to paycheck, literally. Um, and, and I think that's kind of relational as in... Um, it's kind of relational as in a marriage because you have to know not only when you get married, you, you, you don't have to just know what your wife or your husband wants. Like you have to know what your family wants as well. And I think that's one of the foundational aspects that Kevin was, was touching on is just lost in our society today is that we live in kind of a rugged individualist society and we don't often take that time to really know uh, what others around us and close to us need from us um, to feel nurtured uh, in a godly way. So I think, you know, obviously that we can call it a risk factor or a pre-existing condition, but I, I feel like those things there, if you're not nurtured and if, if you're not loved, if you don't, if you don't feel loved in some way, if you don't feel like your, your love language is being fulfilled, you know, that's, that's really going to, keep you on a dark path if you start to go down it um, as opposed to someone who who might have those uh, those people that love them in their life you know they are less likely um, to to follow that dark path they're they're going to be more uh, cognizant of uh, of that path that they're going down because of the people that they're around and because maybe they've been exposed to scripture so um yeah, that's that's kind of what I think on so that. So can the state fix this problem? No. We've been trying no. we've been trying since the 1930s. The, mm-hmm. the the government has tried to step in since after the Great Depression and fix all these problems. The state can't do it. And 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 we're seeing a uptick in the amount of things that the state and the nation the national government are are trying to alleviate alleviate and the more they get involved the more of a problem it becomes you know so then go ahead i was going to say because like you mentioned earlier i think it's they're taking god out more and implementing human 
orders more, more God less. And I think that's why we're seeing what we're seeing. I mean, I think you fix this issue. You can go to, to one of those, what do they call those? The Congress, the house Senate, and they probably look at you like you're, you're an idiot, but the way you fix this issue and all the other issues that are dwindled into this is you tell them, put God in, into schools, put God into this, put God into that. I mean, and, and if you are able to do that, where you, sh- where these people experience a true love, uh, one that they've never experienced before, there's a homeless shelter in Wilmington. And I mentioned this in the last week's podcast is that's what this, 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 this organization does. They literally just spend time with these people. And some of these people are some of the, ones who are being trafficked in, in our city and they're aware. Um, and they literally just show these individuals love. They show them what, you know, what, what's God's love. And, and again, the, the biggest thing he said is most, if not all of these people will probably never hear the gospel. So that's why I do it. And, um, you know, it's, it's a really, really cool thing to see, um, just how, I guess how they're able to intercede in a problem that's going on, not just in big cities, but also small cities like Wilmington and Leesburg and Hillsborough and all these surrounding cities. Well, it has to be personal. Like it has to be, you know, a human to human, you know, situation for that to be successful. And mm-hmm. I, and I think when you're, you know, it's, it's like this, okay. You look at, you look at the George Floyd thing and you say, you know what, like those cops deserve to go to prison. Okay, but what if one of those cops' name was Cody Jullerit? Mm-hmm. Well, as much as, as wrong as that act was, like that changes how I feel about that situation to a degree. Sure. You know, and, and, and not saying that it's okay, but it definitely changes my mindset on the person involved. Mm-hmm. You are you you stop being this thing and you become a face in front of me that ha- that I have a relationship with that I love and respect and you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. that 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 I know is a good cop and maybe made a stupid decision in that moment. I you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. it changes things and so I I agree I don't think any legislation can fix this although I think there should be legislation but it does make it more personal in the sense of like how do we get involved and 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 at the end of the day, like if we believe what we believe about God and what He says about sex and what is right and wrong, then we have to fight for that, you know. And and that means when those situations come up, like getting involved in whatever way that we can, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying whether it be just to be someone who steps in and says, "Hey, listen, we care about you and we want to create a safe place for you," you know, and. and I mean, we ha- we have to be willing. To, we have to to make it personal. We can't fix what's happening in Columbus, but we can be a part of the solution locally. The family that you talked about, Nelson, you know, being involved in that, you have a relationship with that person. Being involved in 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 their situation, being a a helping hand being someone who prays for them and calls them and checks on them and, you know, is, is involved in this process, you know, shows up at court, you know, you know, if you know they're going to have a rough day, you know, in that situation. And, and, and so God will open doors as we open our eyes to the reality of what's going on, you know, and I, and I don't think it stops with trafficking. I think it stops with when are we going to really start dealing with the epidemic of pornography, you mm-hmm. know? that I guarantee is not just something in the secular world, but in the church as well. You know, when are we going to talk about that? When are we going to have that discussion? When are we going to start dealing with those things as men, you know, or, you know, when it comes to, you know, marriage and what that looks like or, or, you know, <laughs> here's one, you know, and, and again, this is one of those inappropriate topics that we're probably going to get in trouble for. But what, what about when when we talk about like our wives and their responsibility in the bed? You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, whatever it is, like if we if we don't deal with those things from the standpoint that the Bible takes about our responsibility in these things, then how can we ever expect the world to, you know, and, and how are we are our eyes going to be opened enough to see these things and be able to deal with them in a, just like Greg talked about last week, in a way that is loving 
that is understanding that doesn't just paint this person person as this thing because of the thing that they do. Don't put don't put that scarlet letter on them, right? Because of because it's not something you struggle with. Try to understand it and love them because you know, Greg talked about being weird. We're all weird, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like at the end of the day, like and and Em and I talked about this. Like there are very few people that I feel like I can just be myself around. Because I'm weird, and if I let other people experience that, like they wouldn't, they couldn't handle that. Not when I'm really being just, just letting loose and being me. Yeah, dude, you're a professional Clash of Clans player. (laughs) 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 Oh, let's not talk about that. Like I said, I'm, I'm gonna keep that one close to the, close to the cuff there. Oh, it's out to everybody now. (laughs) I, Uh, I agree with you there, though, man. And, and so. You know, going back to this and maybe circling around and, and we probably need to find an ending spot here. You have this place in Romans 1. It says, therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. Creature being, you know, whatever you put up in God's place, who is blessed forever. For this reason, God gave him up dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passions for another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. I mean, if that doesn't describe what exactly what we're talking about, you know, I mean, God knew what was going to happen. God allowed what was going to happen, happen. Because again, why? Well, they don't care about him. They continue to push him out of their lives, out of, of, of the state, out of politics out of all of these things because it's not okay to talk about these things because it hurts people's feelings at the end of the day we're not worried about people in their lives we're worried about people's feelings but what he calls us to is this he says i'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of god for salvation to everyone who believes to the jew first and also to the greek for in it the righteousness of god is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. The light, the answer, is to live in faith in the only one who has the answer and to take that light to those who need the answer. You know, and, and so as we, as we open up this conversation. I hope this is not the only tame time you think about it or talk about it. I hope this becomes something that 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 we as individuals in a community where this is absolutely happening. I mean, we had a case, you know, come up locally, you know, involving a 12-year-old girl and, and, and a grown man, you know. These things are happening. And, you know, we say shame, shame, shame. Okay. But the reality is if 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 you walk into a barn and you see one mouse, there's probably a hundred more. And this is no different. If you walk into a room and you see this one case, okay, there is no way that's the only one. No way. You know, and so are we listening for these issues? Do we care? Are we going to put our blinders on? Are we going to become the church? Because that, in my opinion, is the only answer to dealing with the situation is that the church stands up and does what the church was designed to do, which is to love and to serve. That's where it's at, fellas. Hmm. Okay. Heavy stuff, man. I am glad you started with a light news uh, yeah. reel today because I figured you'd go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it went down that road hard. Yeah. But, you know, it, it needs out there. Yeah. It and needs I, out there. And again, I think this this needs to be where we go with this. You know, we can sit in this room 
and look at each other and talk about these things and not really think about the fact that this is going to be put out there to the world, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but we, but we, we have to talk about these issues. We have to talk about a lot more than just these issues, but they have to come out. We have to have these discussions. Yeah. Start the dialogue. You know, we're not going to fix it here, but we can start thinking about the ways that we can fix it and be involved in them. For sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this is us signing off. Thanks for joining us. Deuces, y'all. Bye.